flashlight, check. Two belts, check. Attitude, check. He's going in. Joe Sutro. Well, I was walking along the Garage Logic service road of life today. And I had deep thoughts. Uh, all local news sources are ballyhooing the uh, march on Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's uh, here's Fox 9. Twin Cities Metro students traveling to D.C. for March. Uh, Thursday afternoon, at least 250 Minnesota high school students left the state in cars, buses, and planes headed east for Saturday's March for Our Lives. All right, write that down. March for Our Lives. Mm-hmm. March for Our Lives. Write that down. Okay. Uh, while support of the St. Paul Public School District declined to sponsor the effort to get the students to the national rally, so leaders at St. Anne's Episcopal Church took up the cause. Uh, here is NPR News. Youth-driven anti-gun violence efforts on display in Saturday, March. And uh, there shows a uh, shows a picture of a a young lady kneeling on the floor finishing her poster and it says one is too many right down one is too many okay one is too many uh of course it is i I don't i don't dispute that uh young people have become the driving force in efforts to address gun violence uh yes they have and that's they're to be congratulated but they're being uh, driven by adults uh, not right. only physically, but uh, ideologically, they're being driven by ad- various adult groups and uh, celebrities who intend to be in Washington tomorrow for the march. All right. Uh, this one is, I'm almost done with this one. Okay, here's the Pioneer Press. Uh We want to show how unified we are, why dozens of students are heading to D.C. this weekend. Uh, For many students, it will be their first time in D.C. For others, it will be their first protest. The bus ride will take 20 hours. Uh, A lot of it was funded by GoFundMe. Other people have uh, come up with the money. uh, what are they hoping to accomplish? Uh, the March's stated goal is to end gun violence in schools for students. It's also about making a statement. Okay. Uh, here's the Star Tribune. Uh, they're ready to march. Subhead, Minnesota high schoolers will join 500,000 others in D.C. to press for stricter gun laws. Okay. Uh, Project or Protect Minnesota and two other local organizations, Minnesota Never Again and the Northside Achievement Zone, have raised 23 grand to send students from North High and Patrick Henry in Minneapolis, along with Sibley High School in Mendota Heights. Uh, what does this say? Uh, here's a picture of a gal waving goodbye to her 17-year-old daughter hmm. as she gets on the bus uh, Wednesday. Uh, uh, a dozen sister marches are planned in Minnesota, including St. Paul, Duluth, Brainerd, Grand Rapids, Mankato, East Rochester, Wilmer, and Winona. Uh, the local Sandy Hook Promise Chapter and the First Congregational Church of Anoka UCC will host a prayer vigil Friday night. Okay. Moms Demand Actions Local Chapter and Protect Minnesota are lending support to students. Uh, this is for tomorrow. They're going to meet uh, Klobuchar out there, Amy. Okay, what did you write down? I wrote down March for Our Lives, mm-hmm. and I wrote down One is Too Many. Mm-hmm. 
I was reading a piece today in the Wall Street Journal, a guest editorial by uh, Cardinal Timothy Dolan of New York. And he was, uh, the headline is, The Democrats Abandon Catholics. I don't know what took him so long to arrive at that conclusion, but in any event, he, he has. If you value religious education or life's sanctity, you're not welcome in the party. Uh, you must be pro-choice, for example. You can't be pro-life. Mm-hmm. Now, there are probably many pro-life Democrats, to be fair. Of course, of course there would yes, be. Yes, of course. Uh, but uh, it's not in the party platform. You would not be accepted with that view uh, in, the, in the party's platform. But it, what Dolan is lamenting is uh, uh, how united the, the Catholic Church was once with the Democratic Party. Uh, he he notes as the first Archbishop of New York, Dagger John, uh, what was this guy's name? John Hughes. He was the first Archbishop of New York in ni- 1842 to 1864. Uh, he displayed dramatic reverence for the dignity of Irish immigrants. Thousands arrived daily in New York, penniless, starving, and sometimes ill, only to be met with hostility, bigotry, and injustice. An immigrant himself, Hughes, prophetically and vigorously defended their dignity because the schools at the time were hostile to these immigrants. He initiated Catholic schools to provide kids with a good education, sensitive to their religion, and to prepare them as responsible patriotic citizens. Those schools worked. Many remain open to this day, their mission unchanged. Uh, The second event, he writes about two events occurring over the past several weeks that brought to mind two towering people who had a tremendous effect in New York. The second event was the recent funeral of a great African-American woman, Dolores Greer. And I'm about to read you an astonishing statistic, and then I'll ask the question I dreamed up on the Garage Logic Service Road of Life. The second event was the recent funeral of a great African-American woman, Dolores Greer, a convert to Catholicism. She was named vice chancellor of the archdiocese three decades ago by Cardinal John O'Connor. She was the first layperson and first woman to hold that prestigious position. Greer was passionate about civil rights, especially the right to life of babies in the womb. She never missed an opportunity to defend lovingly but forcefully their right to life. Uh, Greer attributed her pro-life sensitivity to the Reverend Jesse Jackson, Hmm. and I'm going to add, of all people, who preached that abortion was an act of genocide against minorities. No wonder she often observed abortuaries were clustered in poor black and brown neighborhoods. The statistics today to confirm her observation. Do you ready? Yeah. And I'm not doing an abortion show or a gun show. There's there's no winning. Uh, they're tedious, but this is astonishing because it's going to lead me back to my question. <clears throat> the statistics today confirm her observations. In 2013, this is there were more black babies aborted in New York City, twenty nine thousand seven, than were born in New York City, twenty four thousand seven hundred fifty eight according to the New York City Department of Health and Mental Hygiene. The values of Hughes and Dolores Greer cherish the dignity and sanctity of human life, the importance of Catholic schools, the defense of a child's baby's civil rights were and still are widely embraced by Catholics. This often led Catholics to become loyal Democrats. I remember my own grandma whispering to me, we Catholics don't trust those Republicans. That's especially true if you're of my generation. 
Such is no longer the case, a cause of sadness to many, me included. The two causes so vigorously promoted by Hughes and Greer, the needs of poor middle-class children in Catholic schools and the right to the life of the baby in the womb, largely have been rejected by the party of our youth. An esteemed pro-life Democrat in Illinois, Representative Dan Lipinski, effectively was blacklisted by his own party. Last year, Democratic National Committee Chairman Tom Perez insisted that pro-life candidates have no place in the modern Democratic Party. Hmm. It is particularly chilly for us here in the state. Hughes and Greer proudly called their earthly home. In recent years, some Democrats in the New York State Assembly repeatedly blocked educational tax credit legislation, which would have helped middle class and low income families make the choice to to select Catholic or other non-public schools for their children. Opposing the bill reduces the ability of fine Catholic schools across the state to continue their mission of serving the poor, many of them immigrants. More sobering, what is already the most radical abortion license in the country may soon be even more morbidly expanded. Uh, I don't even want to go into it. The big tent of the Democratic Party now seems like a pup tent. I'm a pastor, not a politician, and I've certainly had spats and disappointments with politicians from both of America's leading parties. But it saddens me and weakens the democracy millions of Americans cherish when the party that once embraced Catholics now slams the door on us. To Archbishop Hughes, Dolores Greer, and uh, Grandma Dolan, I'm sorry to have to write this, but not as sad as you are to know it is true. So the deep thought I had is, uh, how many, and there's no way to know this, so I ask it rhetorically, how many of the uh, people marching on Washington do you think are pro-choice? How many people, uh, how many of the celebrities who will uh, use tomorrow's uh, occasion for their own grandstanding are, are uh, pro-life? How many of the adults behind these movements that came up with the plan to send the kids to Washington, how many do you think are pro-life? How can they juggle, on the one hand, justifiably? We don't want to be shot in school. I get that. Mm-hmm. And we want, we, want, we want politicians to do something about it, even though they can't because the kids are missing the point, and so are the adults who are behind them and es- essentially manipulating them. How, how do they square that with, but I'm pro-choice. I don't want to do an abortion show. I'm not going to. But that's my question that I came up with. It might be it might be unreasonable uh, to call a sixteen or seventeen year old pro life or pro choice. Maybe they haven't thought about it. But uh, you you look at who gathers tomorrow in Washington D.C. and uh, five will get you ten. Uh, you're not going to exactly be at a pro life rally. Somebody asked you, I said I wasn't going to do an abortion show, but this statistic is so mind-boggling. Rook? I'm with you. If somebody asked you, how many abortions of just black babies were performed in New York in 2013, what would your answer have been? I wouldn't even know where to, I would have said maybe um, in just New York, maybe uh, a thousand. I, I don't even. I don't I even know. I would have said seven. Yeah, I, I can't. I'm, I'm I can't. terribly naive. Right. 
29,007. This is from the New York City Department of Health. This is that, a, was, that was a shocking This number. isn't a talk show uh, host statistic. 24,758 black children born, 29,007 aborted. And yet the Democratic Party passes itself off as the party of that uh, blacks turn to. And you're being deceived. You're being deceived. Uh... The Democratic Party is not what it used to be. It's abandoned, for my way of thinking, it's abandoned Jews. It's abandoned Catholics. It's abandoned black people, despite the template, which would have black people believing otherwise. Why not a march on the west west and south side of Chicago where kids are shooting each other? Uh, In any event, off the kids go. And uh, I just find it a point of irony that I, I just have a suspicion. I just have a suspicion that that the people behind the march uh, are probably uh, pro-choice. So it's one thing, I guess, to die by a gun. I guess it's another to die by a scalpel. Now, do you want another example of, uh, just a minute, what is that one, Rook? Oh, that's Tom. Tom? Hey, Joe. Hi. It, it's kind of hard to be overly nuanced in a phone call, so I'll I'll try to make this succinct. But just a couple of points regarding the protest, particularly the kids' participation. I mean, on one hand, I I can't help but wonder how many people sort of scoff brainwashed when they see kids protesting in front of Planned Parenthood, for instance. Mm -hmm. And yet here we are sanctioning busloads of kids protesting against a constitutional right at the Capitol. And, you know, I'm not trying to sound callous with the following, but, you know, as you're well aware, we have the right, quote-unquote, to choice in the Constitution, presumably. Mm -hmm. And that's collateral damage of around 900K per year. And But the minute you mention that there might be a certain amount of collateral damage due to the Second Amendment, people are up in arms, pardon the pun, Mm -hmm. that this cannot be. And I don't understand, much like you, how people possibly square this. I don't either. And of course, you and I both know that there will be the, the point of is it a human life? People will say, of course, that that's the distinction. But I would say that that's actually the point. People disagree. and But it just invariably seems like the, the progressive side of the aisle shouts down the other side, which in their mind translates that they're correct. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, sorry, I didn't put that very well, but I appreciate you talking about it. All too. right, thank you. Uh I don't know the context of this, but it's extraordinary. Uh, a group of uniformed police officers in New York, mm-hmm. of all different races, by the way, uh, they're being seen on a cell phone video getting berated with racist, vulgar threats and taunts by males on a New York City sidewalk last week. And the cops walked away because they would they were afraid if they did anything about it, they would be disciplined. Hmm. Uh, again, I don't know in what context the cops uh, happened to be in the shouting range of the uh, young uh, males who went after them. Uh, at the start of the clip, a shot in Washington Heights, shot in Washington Heights, uh, according to the New York Post, a white officer smiled and w- while telling the group, I didn't pull out my gun. Well, I don't know how to put that in context. Right. Uh, maybe they, maybe they were saying, are you going to shoot us? And he said, I, I'm not going to pull out my gun. I don't know. I don't have the context, 
but I don't need it to listen to this. It's it's a group of males on a sidewalk, and here's a group of police officers. Okay. I don't even know if it's important that we know what the context is. No one was arrested or anything. The cops walked away. Uh, <clears throat> but you but you was about to, two of the males uh, replied. No, I wasn't, the officer explained. You felt threatened because he's black, another male added as another, as another asked. Did you feel threatened because he's behind you? All right, okay, the officer replied while turning away. The officer's retreat apparently emboldened the males to step up their aspersions. Get the bleep out of here, bro. This is a guy selling this to the cops. Get the okay. bleep out of here. You can imagine what the bleep is. Yeah. This is why you guys live here like this, the cop observed as he peered into the cell phone camera. Uh, I, I know what he meant by that. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not doing much with your life. You're right, going to stand right. here and harangue me. Live here like what? One of the males replied. You see the address? You come back later. Blank. A male yelled at the officer. I'm right here. The officer barked back, holding his arms out. So take the badge off, one of the males said. You want tough? You do it now, the officer challenged his taunters. Take the badge off. Take the badge off. Take the badge off. Several males yelled at once. Oh the taunts God. were followed at least by one threat. I will beat the bleep out of you, one of the males yelled. And then I can't even repeat the next line because it's so so profane, I can't even insert the right bleeps. Mm. The officer wasn't having it replying, uh, and then he replied, the hell with you. Uh, that's I'm being kind. He didn't. He was profane, too. Okay. Then the group of officers continued walking away. Getting away with the threat apparently wasn't enough to satisfy the sidewalk mob, as one of the males called an Asian officer in the group, Jackie Chan. Oh. There also appeared to be other cops of color in the group of what appeared to be eight officers. What the hell? That's it. That's my story. Do you recall, do you remember when they overtook the 4th Precinct? Mm-hmm. And do you remember the video of... Mm-hmm. Of it, the black officer it, having to withstand the uh, taunts that he was receiving? All the Uncle Tom, mm-hmm. all the, uh, you're, a, you're a, a, a P word, you're it just, it was nonstop taunting, and that guy just... Took so it. Just, he just took it. Took it. Uh, we'll be back in a moment, but now thanks mm. to our great friends in Owatonna, Minnesota, at Federated Insurance, where it's their business to protect your business, and nobody does that better than Federated. It's Bruce Vale from the Wall Street Journal in Your Money Now. Boy, Joe, these late-day sell-offs are just killing the stock market. Stocks were higher a couple of hours ago, and now the Dow Jones Industrial Average is down 287 points as we head toward the close of trading for the week. The NASDAQ Composite is down 118, and the S&P 500 is down 39. President Trump signed a $1.3 trillion spending bill to fund the government through the end of September after previously threatening to veto it. Mr. Trump said he was unhappy with many things in the bill, including the limited duration of the time the bill was public. He was also unhappy with the amount of funding for his wall along the border with Mexico. He said he signed the bill as a matter of national security to provide an increase in military funding. Facebook has been under fire all week following the news that a data firm hired to support President Trump's 2016 election campaign harvested private information from 50 million Facebook users without their permission. The hashtag delete Facebook is trending on Twitter now as people attempt to get others to delete their Facebook accounts. Among the notable names to do that is Elon Musk, who said he has deleted the Facebook pages for Tesla and for his rocket company, Space Exploration Technology. 
Technologies. I'm Bruce Vail with your money now on 1500 ESPN. All right. Thank you very much. We'll uh, prepare ourselves for your next uh, Armageddon report next hour. Thank you, Bruce. Put the National College Basketball Tourney over everything. Join Dave Harrigan for a Dos Equis College Hoops Tourney viewing party tonight, 5.30 to 7.30. Sack Sports Bar on County Road E and 61 in Vadness Heights. Dave is going to be out there. Someone's going to wait, go away a winner, a $100 StubHub gift card and Dos Equis prizes as well. Check it out. More details at 1500ESPN. Commencing garage logic segment number eight. Here's John Knight. Thanks, Joe. It's partly cloudy and 40 degrees. This update brought to you by Robert W. Baird and Company. Uh, the Twins playing this afternoon. They're playing the Astros. It's two to nothing Astros. The Twins are hitting in the ninth. Uh, as of right now, the Twins don't have a hit in this ball game. Ooh, really? That's not a yeah. good sign, is it? No. Really? Is dummy that, is that where dummy is? That's yeah. where dummy is. Yeah, okay. I got another text. Oh, yeah. really? Uh, I've been trying to ignore him. Oh, so. God. Let me see what this one is. <laughs> this one says, uh, if you bleepers think I ain't rooting for a no-hitter today, then you don't know Jack. And he's holding up about a 50-foot-tall can of Budweiser. <laughs> Hashtag America. 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 <laughs> Well, he's uh, got his no-hitter at this point. Twins still without a hit, and they're hitting in the ninth inning. Uh, Boys State Basketball Tournament. Well, you know what? Huh? What channel is that, I wonder? That's uh, FSN they're on today. Uh, the uh, Class we'll A. We'll see a no-hitter, huh? Class A. Well, I think they've probably used three, four pitchers. So oh, that's right. It's not one guy. It's it's. You know, spring training. So. I got you, John. Yeah. A Class A Boys State basketball action today. The number one seed is uh, uh, defeated in Class A. Russell Tyler Ruthen has mm-hmm. beaten uh, Mayor Lutheran 49-38. to 38. Uh, even, even though Russell Tyler Ruthen was the fourth seed, they did have a 31-1 record, so I don't know how big of an upset, actually, uh, this is. Wow. Uh, Northwoods uh, Cass Lake Bina underway shortly. Then tonight we'll have the Class 2A semifinals. Minnehaha Academy versus St. Cloud Cathedral and Brooklyn Center taking on Caledonia. Doesn't Minnehaha Academy have a superstar that's watchable? That I don't know. I'm trying to remember his name. No, never mind. Okay. okay. Uh, Timberwolves finally back at it tonight. Uh, they're in New York to play the Knicks. Tomorrow night they will stay on the East Coast to play the Philadelphia 76ers. I believe the Minnesota Twins, yes, they have a hit. Somebody just doubled. Somebody just doubled, so there went the no-hitter. All huh? right. We like to I like to ruin it for a them. A combination of Minnesota pitchers had a... A combination of Houston pitchers had a no-hitter until 30 seconds ago. Yes. All right. Yeah, this is uh, the young outfielder, Ryla Moore, who... Uh, who knows? Could make the squad as a mm-hmm. surprise. We'll see what happens. Uh, news notes from today. The Chisago County Attorney's Office has determined law enforcement officers were justified in using deadly force in the fatal shooting of a 39-year-old man who was the suspect in the North Branch carjacking last July. This incident, you might remember, occurred on July 10th. Seven officers, including six members of the Chisago County Sheriff's Department and one member of the State Patrol, responded to the reported carjacking. Release states Gregory Sean Thrower of Kinston, North Carolina, contacted law enforcement via the OnStar communication system in the stolen vehicle and reported he had his seven-year-old daughter with him. He's alleged to have asked someone to come pick up his daughter. 
Officers located Thrower and the vehicle in rural Harris. The release states law enforcement initially observed Thrower moving away from the vehicle with an object in his hand. He was then reported to have disappeared into the tall grass adjacent to a soybean field. Release says he then emerged from the tall grass with a handgun pointed at officers. At that point, officers discharged their weapons, killing him. 40 caliber handgun located under his body. The child was located safely. The Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension investigated the matter, presented the results to the county attorney. Based on a review of that investigation, the release said the county attorney's office determined each law officer utilized deadly force in a lawful manner. Charges not filed. Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein today announced the indictment of nine Iranians for conspiring to hack computers and defraud U.S. universities, businesses, and agencies by taking proprietary information and research. Rosenstein and the indictment claim the individuals worked on behalf of the Iranian government and the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps through association with the Mabna Institute. The indictment alleges the defendants targeted 100,000 professors' email accounts worldwide, successfully accessing roughly 8,000 of those stealing information. They claim the defendants hacked about 320 universities, 144, which are American. Specifically, the charges include computer fraud, wire fraud, conspiracy, and identity theft. A Virginia Beach man charged today with threatening to murder his local congressman, Representative Scott Taylor. According to court documents, 69-year-old Wallace Grove Godwin visited Taylor's office on Thursday and threatened to shoot him and two staffers at an event tomorrow. Hmm. The dispute apparently arose, according to the district attorney's office, over a discussion about marijuana policy. Was Got- he pro or? <laughs> My he's, guess. He's, he's pro, I believe, yes. <laughs> uh, Godwin allegedly said to a Taylor staffer, Scott is having an event this Saturday. I'm going to get my shotgun and do something about this. I'll mm-hmm. just handle it myself. He then pointed at the two Can't staffers. Can't say that, guys. No. No. He pointed at the two staffers right after and said, and you two are next. Well, thank God he's that stupid. Yeah. You will appear in federal courthouse late this afternoon. The maximum penalty for threatening a member of Congress, 10 years in prison. Police in Creston, Iowa, say a family of four that was reported missing overnight has been found dead in Mexico. The bodies of Kevin, Amy, Sterling, and Adriana Sharp were discovered inside a condominium of a tourist complex in Tulum in Mexico, where they went on vacation. The Creston Police Department said they are doing autopsies. Results are pending. No signs of foul play, according to police. Local news outlet in Mexico reports investigators are looking into whether food poisoning or a gas leak could have been responsible. I went to Mexico once. I ain't going back. Really? Nope. Mexico doesn't bother me at all. Well, we've been there? Yeah. Look for your. But uh, you got to stay within. The, you know, you don't go touring the mountainside no, alone. I, I understand. But, I yeah, just that, uh, that, I didn't think the food was any good. That's so not really an issue anymore either, Rook. I don't know if you saw the warnings from the last yeah. month. The areas that were <laughs> tourist spots, they are no longer tourist. No longer tourist spots. You're being warned not to go into. Cancun them. is the murder capital of Mexico. Yeah, and you guys are all experts because you heard one report. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. Just check. <laughs> I have. I know people that are in the industry. Uh, you're defending the I'm industry. I'm defending the industry to say it's still okay to book your trip I to Mexico. I see what's going on here. I'll yes. just be quiet. I'm sure it is. You know what? I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is if you pick yes, the right spot. Yes, of course it is. Uh, look and if for, they advertised with us, <laughs> I would give them a plug. But yeah. they've. <laughs> I look for your invitation in the mail. Yesterday, Kensington Palace announced the official wedding invitations of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle are out in the mail. We got ours yesterday. 600 lucky guests. You must be among the lucky. You know who penned them? Donald 
Donald Jackson. Who's that? He's described to the queen. Ah, He's personal really? friends with my mother. Oh. Donald and Mabel. Really? Mabel. Yeah. What a great Mabel. name. Yes. For 600 lucky guests, just getting that ticket will be an event in itself. The invites are printed in American ink on English paper in keeping with the transatlantic spirit of their union. They're handmade, I love this, by an apprentice by the name of Lottie Small. Mm-hmm. Lottie you Small. know, Mabel, we all agree, is a lovely name. Yes. Yeah. But it, it, we're so far afield now <clears throat> that if you named a kid Mabel, you'd be ridiculed. Yeah, right. You'd, you'd, or Gertrude or Ruth. You'd receive as much ridicule as naming the kid equal or Quicksilver or right. whatever. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Uh, the Twins have tied it, Rook just pointed out to me. It's two to two, so we went from the no-hitter to a tie ball game. I did not see how, but uh, there it is. Uh, we have a concert announcement. Ringo Starr will be bringing his all-star band to the Ordway in St. Paul on September 23rd. Uh, this year's incarnation of the all-star band... <laughs> What? I would just laugh, like, all right, let's do this. He's a, he's newly knighted. He's Sir Richard, he sir. Yeah. Uh, the thing is with these bands, of course, yeah. uh, they're full of really good musicians. Who, who's, who's he got, John? This year he's got Steve Lukather, a wonderful guitarist. He was with Toto for many years. Uh-huh. Uh, still is with Toto, actually. Uh, Greg Raleigh, you might remember Greg. He was a singer and keyboard player for Santana for many years. Okay. Uh, Graham Goldman, who was the lead singer of 10CC, if you remember 10CC. I do. Uh, and Colin Hay of Men at Work. He was the oh, lead yeah. singer for yeah. Men at Work. Uh, this is the 13th incarnation of the All-Star Band. The first one, now I saw the first tour in eight, or 1989. Uh, this band, 1989. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen to this. Okay, This was down at Harriet Island. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Levon Helm. Well, you can't beat that. No. Uh, we had Joe Walsh. Oh, boy. Ooh. We had Nils Lofgren. Wow. We had Burton Cummings from the oh, Guess man. Who. Oh, man. Uh, we had Rick Danko from the band, the bass yeah. player and vocalist from the band. Wow. Uh, boy, there was three or four other guys. But I, it was. Did we lose Nils? Uh, no, Nils plays with Springsteen. You've lost Danko. Yeah, Danko's dead. Oh, okay. And okay. you've lost Helm. Yeah, both the band fellas are dead. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, Nils is still with us. And early in the morning, with the sunlight in your Thanks, Ringo. Ringo. <laughs> yes. Thanks, Ringo. Gotcha. Thank you. Gotcha. Thank you. <laughs> you cannot stop him. You just make a move. Joe Suchere. Hey guys, all right. The big story is what's going to be with the big snow, and it's not going to be in the Twin Cities. We remember it was ninety-seven percent confident, now ninety-nine point eight. Wow, okay, that's pretty taking a stand. All right, <laughs> nobody knows where I live, so if this is wrong, <laughs> right. you can't find me. Uh, no, we're very, uh, very uh, confident here that the storm system, the heaviest part of the snow, that will start late tonight will uh, not hit the Twin Cities, but it'll be very close. So what is, I'm sorry to interrupt, Jonathan. So what does that mean? Does that mean we're going to get rained on or we'll just get a light dusting? We just get a light dusting. Okay. It's it's kind of a weird deal. It's, it's cold air over eastern Canada that is blowing cold, dry air toward the Twin Cities. So it's just shutting the storm down and actually pushing it off to the southeast of here. If that cold dome of air off to the northeast in Canada didn't exist, the storm would be coming through here and we'd be forecasting 6 to 10 inches of snow for Ooh. tonight. 
So that ain't going to happen. And, uh, you know, we really don't need it because we still have that leftover winter snow yet to get rid of. So the deal is, though, this. From a line from about Fergus Falls to Redwood Falls to Hutchinson uh, to about uh, Faribault and points south and west of that line, you are going to get shovelable snow, 5 to 10 inches of snow. So it's going to be very close. Here in the Twin Cities, just a coating. But if you're down toward Jordan and Belle Plaine, you could wind up in that 2 to 4 inch snowfall amount. So it will vary a lot from mile to mile, but uh, we are counting on the Twin Cities an inch or less. So that starts late tonight. Otherwise, just expect cloudy skies tonight with windy conditions. East winds 10 to 20 miles per hour, overnight low around 30. Then some light snow or flurries in the morning up until about 11 a.m. Cloudy and windy in the afternoon with some sunshine late in the afternoon. High temperature around 40. It won't feel like 40 tomorrow because it'll be windy, so it'll feel more like the low 30s. Sunday's a little nicer, 45, mix of clouds and sun. Monday, uh, just uh, keep this in mind that we could have an ice problem in the morning with freezing rain, and then it'll be warm enough the rest of the day for just rain and thunderstorms with a high at 44 degrees. So our Spring is having some trouble here uh, getting ignited, but, uh, you know, we'll get there one day. Got records? I do have records. March 23. Yeah, listen to this. Yep. I mean, do you just want to guess what the record, because our weather's been so cold lately. 98. No, not 90. 83. 83. That's still good enough. That was in 1910. 1910. And then one of the coldest years... And worst weather years, as, as far as uh, the agricultural uh, growing season, it was seven below on this date in 1965. And 1965 is when they uh, had the great floods in the Mississippi and St. Croix. And, and that was followed by the uh, May tornadoes in right. Fridley, New Brighton, right. and Moundsview. And there is a connection when you have these uh, crazy springs like, like we're having that can be a very active tornado season. Are so. you predicting such? I would say we're going to see the most active season for tornadoes that we've seen since 2011. Are you 97% sure? 98%. <laughs> All right, thank you. All Thanks, right. Jonathan. Have a good weekend. I appreciate it. <laughs> I, I can't help but wonder, uh, what is to be ga- what is what are the news gatherers, most principally CNN, which is behaving just horridly, what is to be gained by uh, trotting out these former Playboy bunnies and having them confess to their affairs with uh, with Trump? What What's the point? I, I don't know. What am I missing? And, and I, other than it's salacious. Well, and it's, yes, but he was not in office. Uh, he was. I, I'm. We not, already know he's a lout. He's not a if fidelity. He's not one of his strong. He's not suits. wife number three. Yeah, it's uh, so. What's the point of this? The latest one is what Karen McDougal. Uh yeah, she's the she the brunette one. Yeah, and Stormy's she, the blonde. She's the brunette. What are we supposed to think? These were innocent flowers. Who uh, this, this McDougal said? Oh, I was in love with Donald and blah blah blah. And 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 what the hell? What other? The only point of curiosity I have is what arrangements he must be reaching with Melania, Melania, whatever her name is. Melania. Yeah. Uh, Look at, listen, you stay with me through the four years, you get fifty mil. Or what? I don't know what the deal is. Yeah, but she can't. That's... She can't be enjoying this. No, not. I'm sure not. It's. It's. No, he's not a uh, a tasteful character. But what, that it, being said, I don't. But they can't. You can't. Like you're phrase. not going to drive him out of office because of this. So what's CNN's game? Well, I guess just ratings. CNN. Right? Uh, who's ABC? Uh, what's his name? The show, uh, Stephanopoulos. Yeah. You know they roll this stuff out. They go Russia to Stormy now to uh, McDougal. Right. And it's just. It's frustrating. Okay, Russia, you might have, there might be something there, but they, they dwell on it too much. Okay, but the other it, extramarital it, stuff. You know, to, to, to the best of our knowledge, 
Trump hasn't done anything to an intern or, you know, anybody in the White House. This right. is a 10-year-old uh, situation. I mean, okay. Kennedy, I, are you telling me something I'm Clinton. supposed to be surprised by? No. And all those guys at that level, I shouldn't say all those guys, a lot of those guys have gotten into trouble with women. Mm-hmm. I wonder if uh, Jimmy Stewart ever did. Mary! I, I want some Mary. Remember, remember we played a game once on the air? We tried to come up with the name of a celebrity who you'd be shocked at at stories of, of trouble? Yeah, I think Geraldo was at the top of the list. No, no. We tried to come up with... <laughs> no, no. We tried to come up with the names of stars who, who uh, associated with uh, infidelity, for example, you'd be surprised by. We couldn't come up with anybody. Right. Well, Tom Hanks? Uh... See, not, we're at the point in... in, a, in a I would have deb- thought Bill Cosby before yeah, me too. the cause, all this stuff happened. See, we're at the point in such a degraded culture that nothing would be surprising anymore. Nothing. Right. right. I, think well, Obama, think? I think Obama walked the straight and narrow because she would have just beat oh, the yeah, hell out she of him. Ta- right, she would have taken him down. Yeah. <laughs> yes, man. When he was, remember, he'd go out and have a smoke. He'd sneak a smoke yeah. out in the Rose Garden yeah. a little bit. I think W probably walked the straight and narrow, but who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I don't you know. know. At, that, at that level, at that level, you don't know. I bet Nixon. Jimmy Carter. Richard Milhouse Nixon. Just because he probably didn't like, have freak any people options. out. Yeah. He had no options. <laughs> he didn't have any options. Jimmy Carter. I think he walked the straight and narrow. Yeah, I think he, he he would have uh he had lust in his heart though. He, did he cast his gaze, but he didn't fix it? You no, can wait. cast your gaze, you, you just can't, can't fix, fix it. it. That's that's you know, he was attacked by a, a rabbit, remember that? I remember that. Yeah. He had to hit it with a an oar. <laughs> yes. yeah. yeah, options is the right word. Nixon had no options. Paul Newman, uh, somebody's chiming in with. Uh, Paul, I don't know. I don't know. Seem to have a good relationship with Joan. Okay, but Hollywood types, they're they're all over everywhere. Yeah. So we, we don't know. Well, Jimmy Stewart, I guess, was famous for his loyalties. Okay. Yeah. Lived a simple life. Drove a simple car. George Burns was not because... He had cheated one time. I didn't know that. And he got her a center. He got Gracie a centerpiece. Yeah. And later on. a joke? You know, this was years down the road. Uh, Gracie said to one of her friends, I wish George would cheat again. I need a new centerpiece. <laughs> I forget where I, where I heard that. But uh, anyway. Well, anyway. Uh, we got to scramble. Well, we do have a scramble. But anyway, it's it just, it's tawdry. If that's what they're after, they've succeeded. Right, but uh, it, but it doesn't. I mean, that's their business. That they got to fix that themselves. But if it's a you know, where do my sensibilities lie? They don't. I'm not in either camp on these uh, revelations. Right. The Sands is proud to present a wonderful new show: A Man and His Music. The music of Count Basie and his great band. And the man is Joe Suchere.
all these people get in my room. Yeah, not too bad. That's all right. That's a little close. Okay. Close. Come fly with me. Man, we'll we're a fly, long way we'll from a garage door away. opener, aren't we? Uh, yes, we are. And the, uh, there's no 70 in sight. No. No, last week when we had, we were flirting with 52, but we never made it. That was hopeful, but now I think we just have to wait, wait, wait. Patrick's in the house. He'll be coming up next. Yep. And you'll be staying right where you are. Yes. Is that correct? It is correct. And uh, moron number two just gave me another text. I'm ignoring him. 1500 ESPN is KSTP. St. Paul, Minneapolis, it's 40. 